0: Welcome to the Biohacker's Guide for Women Only.
1: You are listening to The Art of Becoming Wonder Woman.
0: I am Jessica Fernandez Cruz. And I am Yenbi Trung. Life Extension, Longevity, Biotech, Digital Health Technology, and Prevention are all the fields of health that we've been working in for over 15 years. We've worked alongside world-renowned physicians, Nobel laureates, experts, and top biohackers. We were at the
1: forefront of a lot of the science that is being used today for biohacking. Our mission is to bring to you all this knowledge and information and create a biohacking community for women.
0: Join us today on our journey into biohacking our bodies. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome Wonder Women. Here we are again for another Wonder Women Conversation. So today we're ready to talk about fasting, because I had lots of questions for Yambi right before we started, and then we thought, you know what, wait, let's share this with everybody, because maybe somebody else is trying to pick their fasting diet, do you call it a diet? I don't even know if it's a diet.
1: Yeah, I guess, I mean, lifestyle, diet, style, I what uh, drink how you want to look the at The only it.
0: thing you can drink while you're fasting. <laughs> So we thought, you know what, let's share it in case anybody out there is trying to do their 36, 39 hour fast and doesn't know where to start. To be honest, the reason why I want to do the fasting is I feel like I always talk about this subject on the podcast. Sorry, Wonder Women, if I bore you with this, I'm just going to be very quick mentioning this. But when I did the freezing my eggs, I had to take the hormones and I put on a little bit of weight. And I just want to like get rid of those extra pounds that are not that many, but I feel like I need to slow down how much I eat. And I think, now you're going to help me with this because you're the one that knows this better than me, that if I do a fasting, then I get into the rhythm of eating less and then it's easier for me to then do like a one week, two week diet and get back in in shape. This is me thinking. Second question, wait, I have a hundred questions. So this is question number one. Question number two is what do I need to know before I do the fasting? So question, can I exercise? I was thinking of doing it. I wanted to drive down to Marbella. So I'm going to be driving for uh, seven hours. Is it a good idea to be fasting while I drive or am I going to faint in the middle of the road? (laughs) So this is another thing that I think is important. And that that's why I was saying, maybe I need to do the fasting with the miso soup because I have some nutrients and I'm not gonna faint in the middle of the day. These are two to start.
1: Okay, so let me start off with the concept of fasting, right? Fasting from my perspective is there's a regenerative positivity to it, right? There like advantage where your cells generate themselves, you're, you go through this process called autophagy, where the cells start eating away at dead cells and bad cells and autophagy, right? And so that's one of the main reasons why I do fasting is that you go through the process of autophagy, where your cells are cleaning itself, your body's detoxing, getting rid of like toxins and and bad cells that could mutate into cancer and other things, right? And then also the breakdown of inflammation. And then if, if you're looking at it from a weight loss perspective, I can go in a little bit into how that works. So let me, let me touch on you're, you're going to lose weight because what happens when you go through a fast, because there's different types of fast, right? And I don't recommend any, anybody going into a 24-hour fast or a 36-hour or multi-day fast without starting at least with not skipping a breakfast to start off with. If you're the type of person that has breakfast, lunch, and dinners and snack in between, what happens is your body is always processing and eating. And, like processing food and digesting and and never has time to rest. The organs don't have time to rest your brain. Nothing has time to rest. Right. And so skip a meal and then just stick with two meals a day. Right. If you can do that, you have to do it in stages. I don't recommend jumping into a fast because you just don't know like your physiology, your biochemistry. I don't know how your biochemistry is versus mine. Like I've, gone through this process. So I knew that I was able to push myself through a 36, 39 hour fast, right? And I did a work, I did two workouts in that, but I knew what my body could do. The second workout was, let me just see, and I felt a little lightheaded towards, it was a hot yoga class, and I felt a little bit lightheaded at the, at the end of it, right? So I, I knew that that was my limit at that point, right? But that was towards, that was on hour 36, 37 of my fast. So if you've never done a fast, start off with just skipping the one meal a day. See how you feel. Then you can do maybe one meal a day, right? And then you can go into a 24-hour fast. You don't have to do a 24-hour fast either. There's intermittent fasting, which is 16 hours of fasting and eight hours of eating, right? What what happens with your body is when you go into what you call a either caloric-restricted or time-restricted eating, the intermittent fasting, they found in mice research that the longevity aspect is there because regenerative, the detox and regenerative and autophagy starts occurring after like 12 to 13 hours of no eating whatsoever, right? And that happened. And these mice who ate one meal a day versus the mice that ate for six hours a day, I think it was, right, live the same lifespan. And so it, there's this concept behind making sure that you're not always eating because it gives your body a time to clean up itself, right? And then from there, you know, if you feel that you, know, you want to get the benefits of a further autophagy and regenerative aspect because uh, you want to push yourself, then you can go into a longer fast, a multi-day fast. But the most I've done is th- 39 hours. I could have pushed myself to probably 48 hours, but I had to drive to Miami. So I was like, I am not going to uh, take this drive, right? Because I just don't know what my body is going to do or if I black out or if I start shaking or so I wasn't going to. So I had a small you know, meal. What, what When you fast, you want to think about what you want introducing your body afterwards too, because you. Sometimes people are so hungry what they start doing is they just start eating and then they just undid the fast because it's about the quality of food you start putting back into your body because you're detoxing you're cleaning and then you can't just push food into your body because you're so hungry you got to be mindful of what you're eating as well and how, how much you eat so that your digestive enzymes or your prebiotics and everything like that are ready to digest the foods that, that you know that you've been keeping away
0: from it So did I answer some of your questions? Yeah, definitely. That was great. So the the fasting that I was mentioning where you prepare the soup, you boil the vegetables. It's, I don't remember exactly which vegetables, I think it's carrots, cabbage, and three different vegetables. And then you drink that water. That's the only thing you're going to drink with a little bit of miso, like a very specific organic miso that you need to put in. The thing that they that this this nutritionist explains is so when you eat the first thing you eat are the vegetables that you cooked in that water, so that little by little then you're coming back to your system to bringing in stuff in body and stuff <laughs> it's no stuff you put food <laughs> food into your body and then from there like this is the invitation to keep it healthy the first day after the fasting i have done that one i must say i did 33 hours i think it was the maximum that i've done fasting what i did experience and i have that memory it was so funny because uh, you know i have my friend alexia who's a little bit of my guinea pig every time i try something i'm like you try this and she's like okay i try <laughs> and then <laughs> the problem is that The fasting period is hard. There's a moment for me, it wasn't that hard because I sort of knew that there was going to be like this difficult time and then you get used to it in a way. It's like, then you're okay with it. But in the beginning, the first hours, I'm like, oh, I'm hungry. And then it goes. But what she experienced, and it's a funny story because she was very angry at me when she finished. (laughs) She's like, I'm never doing this again, ever. (laughs) Is that she had terrible headache and nausea. And she was very, very angry, like in a bad mood. Her husband actually called me. He's like, what are you guys doing? Why is Alexia so upset? (laughs) She basically said, I'm never doing this
1: again. (laughs) Well, you know, we have to think about this because we have to think about our relationship with foods because people who can't even miss a meal, one meal a day, right? Because they get angry, they get so hungry, their body is so used to having either sugar or something that they're digesting. You you know, your body you're not gonna die missing one meal, right? It's your body is so strong and it it finds its way through whatever you push it through, right? But we really have to think about what we say to ourselves about the food that we eat. And that is why for me, when I look at fasting, it's like what am I saying to myself about what food is, right? For me, it's, it's n- nutrients. I need the nutrients. And if I eat the right nutrients, it's going to hold me for as long as I need it to hold me, whether it's 36, and not be hungry, right? During my fast, I drank a lot of matcha tea because it has a huge amount of antioxidants. So, so I said, okay, if I detox, I want that antioxidants. I want all the benefits of just n- pure nutritious benefits, right? And it keeps your stomach full. You drink something hot. It keeps your stomach full because there's this hormone called ghrelin that when when you're you're hungry, it releases and it tells the brain, "Hey, you need to eat food." So if you fill your stomach up, you know it doesn't signal your brain that you're hungry, right? And so there, these these are what you call hacks, right? But so I just all I did was drink a lot of matcha tea during the day and my coffee and everything you know, obviously the side effect is that I was up four or five times in the middle of the night having to use the restroom, right? But that's the detox and the cleaning of my body as well. But really when we come back to the inability to fast or skip a meal, or we go through a change just because we skip a meal, we really have to ask ourselves, like, what is our body going through that we can't even skip a meal and it changes our state, right? It changes how we think it changes the hormones our own metabolic systems that we get angry or we get nauseous. Like imagine if we were in a war or something like that, would we all just kill our, like each other because we're hungry because we missed a meal or two? Like we really have to think about like what's our relationship with the food that we're eating and what's the attachment to the food that we're eating? You know, people wake up and they say, I need my pancakes. I need my cereal, even though they know it's not, Very healthy for them, right? And so, like for me, when it comes to fasting, it's about the relationship and what you put on the meaning of, you know, what food is for you, right? For me, it's you know I love good food. I'm a big foodie, but I I do that knowing that I I don't do it every single day, right? It's like a a nice uh, gift to myself when I go have a really wonderful meal, you know, at, at a very nice restaurant or a great chef or something like that. But from a day-to-day perspective, a daily living, I eat with my sardines. I, you know, I stick to a Mediterranean diet. So that's what we want to think about is, you know, what's our definition of what food is and why do we need it? Because we can live without it for quite a while. And so, you know, we, we need, to, you know, that I think that's a big, bigger factor than anything. And the, the soup fasting, uh, Dr. Doc, uh, Walter Longo, He's, the, he's known as the godfather of fasting, right? Because he's done enormous amount of research on this. And he started a company called Prolon MD. And what it does is when you actually have these soups and, th- and things like that, that, and you're still in a fasted state, it's because you're not spiking insulin, right? You're not putting more like sugar and carbs in your body, right? Your insulin isn't spiking. So for that reason, he feels that that's, that still puts you in a position where your body's getting the autophagy, right? That it needs, the detox, the replenishment that it needs because your insulin isn't spiking. And so that is why you're able to have these things. And so when you do a soup, for example, you want to think about what's in the soup that could spike your insulin. If you really want to do a real fast that doesn't spike insulin, that's when the autophagy starts happening is when there isn't an insulin spike, when there isn't, you know, that, that sugar in this your system.
0: Okay. Well, that sounds interesting. I guess the one thing that I take from this is definitely thinking about this relationship with food and how we have to be more mindful about the fact that maybe how many meals do we have a day, and what's our relationship with those meals, right? And I guess also there's the, the pleasure component to food as well that we we, we must not forget. You know, is this, is this emotional eating? Is this mental eating? Or is this really my body asking for food? And uh, those like the three aspects about mindful eating that I think we need to remember many times, and just know that is this. Is this And 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 sometimes it's just when we talk about emotional eating, many times we think, oh, because we're sad, we eat or because it's hard, we eat. But many times emotional eating is linked to happy moments as well. We're used to bringing a cake the day it's your birthday. So we're celebrating. So we're going to eat or we're together with friends and we're used to, you know, then we all bring the best food to the table to celebrate. So food is part of the game. And mental eating would be all the rules that we have around food, right? So it's this discomfort that we build inside because we have like this inner judge that says you shouldn't have eaten that, or that's not good for you or blah, blah, blah. And then we have like a tougher relationship with, with what we had, if we should have eaten or not. And I think the one thing that we don't work on enough is this, what you mentioned is uh, what does my body really need? Like right now, can I listen to my body and know? do I need food or am I just mentally in vacation mode and I'm just hungry because I'm relaxed? You know, sometimes that for me is definitely my emotional eating happens on vacation.
1: (laughs) And I I think, you know, in in one of our conversations about masculine and and feminine energy, right. And me tying it back to that from a masculine energy is that I don't want to be attached to anything or, you know, I want the independence of knowing that I can do and be however I want to be. And so food is to be attached to food and saying, I need that. You know, I need three meals a day. I need to have this snack. I need to eat this, right? To me, it's just like, ugh. I want to break away from that and say when I want it, or you know, if I choose to have this right now, right? And so that's where to me, it's the freedom of feeling that I need to have three meals a day, this, this obligation to my, to my body when, you know, you own your body and you say, I'm going to teach you how to be healthy, right? I'm going to teach my body what health is, as opposed to being, being in a position where culturally that you're supposed to have, you know, cereal for breakfast, or, you know, if we were in Vietnam, in my country, we'd, I'd be eating pho for breakfast. I'd be eating whatever I had for dinner for breakfast, and I have, right? And so it's this whole culture adoption of, of what food is as well that we want to think about, is that, are, are we trapped in that? Are we, like, stuck to that? And then now we've just trained our body to be that way,
0: you know? And the feminine in me, just to give you some contrast, <laughs> the feminine in me says, love, your body so much <laughs> that you can hear it and give it what it needs. Yeah.
1: And my body says, listen, you want to live long. You want to live to a hundred with your friends. <laughs> you give it that antioxidants.
0: <laughs> <laughs> give it some love. But yeah, I mean either is if it's from the freedom perspective or the love perspective, question it a little bit more because I see that very much in, in uh, friends who have suffer from obesity and they try, you know, all these diets and that just doesn't work. And it's sad to see how hard they, they try and it doesn't work and then they become so frustrated and it becomes the core of their life. So on top of it, like you're thinking about it 24-7. Anyway, and they end up doing things like the, what is it called? The gastric ring? Like it's a little... Ring that they put in your stomach so that they close it a little bit and then you will be less hungry. But I have a friend who does this and she will have a plate in front of her and she thinks she needs to finish the plate, even though she's not hungry. So the idea that, and I was like, we don't need to finish food. You can leave it there. She's like, no, that's not right. And so she will slowly, because she cannot eat as quick as we could because of her stomach and the ring that she has there. She'll just wait and keep eating until she finishes the plate. So the whole purpose of the ring <laughs> is to eat less, but her belief around food is really not allowing her to use it for optimally, right? To really give it the benefit that it is actually given her. No, that is an example of a belief around food, and we have that in hundreds, like dessert. You know, you have to eat dessert. Dessert is part of a, of a full meal, and why? Why do we need dessert? We don't need dessert. We can quit dessert. It's fine. But it looks like we're we're giving ourselves less if we don't eat dessert in a full meal, right? And uh, things like that. There's little details in, in how we perceive and decide to eat. Since we
1: kind of touched on weight loss, like you mentioned weight loss, is my thought on it. And, and I've been working with a friend of mine through ketogenic dieting, right? And a bunch of my friends have tried it and then they've hit like a plateau and then they think it doesn't work for them. And then they quit. Right. And that this happens a lot with people who diet is they hit a plateau and they could be eating really healthy, whatever it is, they hit a plateau in their weight loss and then they, and then they quit because they think it's not working or, and what I've learned from this process over the past couple of months is that going through a weight loss process for any individual is about community and support system. Because my friend, because I was there to help her through the process, like she hit a plateau. And I was there to not just cheer her on, but just say, well, let's, you know, let's think about this and think about that, give a different perspective on things. Two weeks later, she broke that, that weight. And then you know, dropped another two or three pounds for that, and then so you you hit these plateaus, and then you just keep going, right? Until your body just kind of like breaks, releases it. But what I learned from that whole process is that it is about the community and the support system that you have around you, and because culturally you have certain upbringings and a thought process about food, but then when once you want to lose that weight, you need that that support system behind you. You can't do a weight loss by yourself. It's There are people that can, there's a lot of people that can, but then the majority of people, they can't, right? Because then they give up because it's, it's either they hit a plateau or it's too difficult or their family around them is eating something that just, you know, doesn't support what they're trying to achieve. Right. And so we want to think about that because we talk about weight loss and anybody that's listening to this has gone through this process of wanting to diet and lose weight and everything like that. Find a friend, finds a support person to help because there's research that shows that let's say that um, you're part of what if your friend is overweight, your chances of being overweight is very high too. And the person that's that you don't even know that's friends with that person has another thirty percent chance of becoming overweight. It's like this staggering effect of influence across the board. If the percentage gets lower and lower, but there is an influence across the board of how, how you lose weight, what you do. And so when, when you're trying to lose weight, find a support of a person that, you know, has that energy to help you, to be there for you, to support you through it. Because um, it's the same if you're trying to fast, you need that support to go through that process. You need whatever it is. It's not just weight loss, but you know, since we're talking about weight loss and, and eating and everything like that, I just want to mention that because it's extremely important. Very, very important.
0: Well, that's why the one thing that is starting to to become more common and, and more n- normalized are the support groups for weight loss that are showing Uh, success rates because of that. And I I think that that's the one thing that, because we stigmatize the people who have to lose weight and we put them in a point in society where it's very difficult to sustain a healthy mindset in that place because you always feel like a failure. You're always looking at the numbers. You're never getting to the numbers. Then you get there and then you fail again. It's this feeling of of you're not enough, because this is the, the, the horrible thing about the mindset that you create when you're going through diets and one and another is you, you start believing that you're not enough. And that's why what you mentioned about having a good support system about somebody saying, Hey, it doesn't matter. Keep going. You know, you got this. And it sounds so cliche, but it really is what the person needs in that moment is you know you are enough. You're great. You're doing great. It doesn't matter. You learn from this, keep going. You know, is that what you need? And you could take it to so many things in life, right? And aspects where you do something on your own and you don't have anybody to really help you. I mean, you and I share so much about our projects and the things that we do and we try to be entrepreneurs and do things by ourselves. I need you sometimes just to say, hey, this is awesome. This is great what you're doing. Just to hear that because sometimes I'm like, what am I doing here? <laughs> right? And we have a lot of skills to push ourselves. So imagine if you don't have the skills and it's even heavier. And on top of it, there's this stigma of society on top of you. So there's this huge label saying you need to lose weight. You need to lose weight.
1: Right. But just from a very evolutionary perspective, right? When we're trying to lose weight, our body's in such a discomfort. Anytime we're in a discomfort of any level, even though it's for growth, our brain tells ourselves, because we're in pain or we're, we're putting ourselves through stress, our brain is like, why are you doing that? Because it's a survival mechanism, right? And so we we, we have to look outside of ourselves at that point because then the rational person will say, you got to keep going. Remember that our default brain will tell us to stop because we're uncomfortable, we're stressed, even though it's good for us. But we have to switch that's, you know, from you know, this old brain of ours that tells us that we need to stop because we're uncomfortable, right? And so until we've trained the brain in that manner to say, okay, nope, shut up, I'm going to keep going, right? But not everybody goes that process to to push their brain to that limit to know how to quiet it when, when it's, you know, you're doing something that's right for you, even though it's stressful and it's, it's painful,
0: you know? And yet again, Yevvi, yeah, we went all the way into this topic and I'm going to go back to fasting because <laughs> I need to make a decision now. Like, I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> have you intermittent fast yet?
1: 16-8, have you done that yet? Have you started with the intermittent fasting?
0: Yes, I do. And I do do that at least two days a week.
1: Have you done a 24-hour fast?
0: I've done a 33 hours, the max that I've done. Okay. So you want to do another 33, but with the soup, you're going to do it with the soup. No, now I'm going to do the 39 because
1: you put the challenge up. Oh, just do 48 <laughs> hours. I, only, I did 39 because yeah, I did
0: Yeah, let's do a whole week. Why not? <laughs> I tell you something. I did 33. It was supposed to be 36, but I had such a headache that I was like, I need to eat. I can't. So I just ate and it took away the headache. Like I was like, oh, this feels good. So that was really the reason why I couldn't push it to the 36 hours. And because I looked at myself, I'm like, you're choosing to do this. You have a terrible headache. You can stop whenever you want, you know? So, but I I like the idea. I don't know, 48 hours. Shall I try 48 hours? I
1: mean, yeah, why not? Can, Can you?
0: 48 hours is two full days, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you, I mean, just you have to prepare yourself because if you have something that takes a lot of energy, you know, even, you know, coaching and that kind of thing.
0: Right. Next week, I have Monday and Tuesday. I've not put anything on my calendar. And the idea is that I'm going to go to the beach. So the only thing I'm going to have is heat. The main thing there is hydration, really, more than food. The thing is, I'm in a great place to eat because the restaurant is delicious.
1: I'm sure.
0: (laughs) And my mom will be like, why are you doing this to yourself? And she'll be eating this great meal. And I'll be like, okay, I can do this. Yeah. But okay, so the idea is pick a day where you know that you're not going to need a lot of energy, not the busiest day in your calendar. Try not to drive that day. Yeah. Just in 24. No driving? And 24 hours. Okay. I'm going to do 39 like you. How do you do 39 and not 48?
1: Because I had to drive. I had to stops because I had to go down to Miami. So I said, yeah. So I had to eat something. You yeah. know.
0: Okay. So, yeah. I think next week I'm going to do it. I still have to decide which day because I want to make sure that uh, I can sustain it. And I'm not going to, you know. Can I play golf with that? Yeah. I mean, I, I did... I did two,
1: two classes of hot yoga. The first one was fine. And you know, what's funny is after my 36 hours and after the, the yoga, the second yoga class, I thought I was going to be, because I made a, a chia seed pudding with coconut milk and everything like that. And I was like, okay, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to do this yoga and then I'm going to eat this, right? I'm going to stop it right there because I'm going be to be so ravenous and so hungry. And after my yoga class, I was like, I can keep going. Like you get to a point. Twenty four hours was when I I could have just stopped and broken down because my husband was making my mom's food and everything. I could smell in the kitchen, right? And I was like, oh my gosh, maybe I just I'll just do twenty four hours, right? And I was like, no, 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 just keep going, Annie, just keep going. You know, you can do this, and and so I I just pushed through, and I was like, I'm gonna go take a shower, brush my teeth. Once I brush my teeth, I'm not eating and that's it. Right. And so I, (laughs) that's what I did.
0: (laughs) But you know that they have, and I think that that is a great environment. This is probably something you and I should do together because we have a retreat pending here that you and I were going to go to. And there they have fasting retreats where they do yoga, meditation, and fasting for like, I think it's six days. I don't know if we could sustain that. You can sustain six days. I don't know if I can keep it up. So no, many I don't days. think
1: I would do a fasting retreat. I would do a detox retreat where you're eating something that's going to
0: detox you. No, 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 no. But this is a very spiritual experience because this is oh, more than just yes, it's really yes. taking you to the meditation, the discomfort. So you're really you like it now, don't you?
1: <laughs> yes, yes, I, I can see it. Yes, it's true. It's true. Once you do those type of fasting retreat, it does push you,
0: right? And I can see how that, you know, because you're connecting so much with your spirituality there, that this vision of food that you were just referring to before is very obvious for you, right there. Like uh, you connect with something bigger. Here we go again in our spiritual conversations. This shit, we should change the instead of Wonder Woman conversation. It's spiritual conversations. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so I'll, I'll look into that. Maybe we find one together because um, by the way, we're thinking about a retreat. Can we tell our listeners? Maybe they want to give us some input. <laughs> some Feedback. Yeah. The longevity retreat. Would anybody be in for that?
1: The goal is to be as close to the blue zone environment and the way of living, right? Meaning that how, why, and what they do in these blue zone areas to live to a hundred, and then we build a community with the people that that come with us. We eat together. We do the activities during the day together in the same fashion as how these, you know, blue zone areas, you know, live. Yes, create a purpose. And and build a habit out of it so that we're more mindful when we come back into the real world of, you know, all the pillars that's necessary in order to live
0: to 100. You and I are going to do the retreat anyway. And whoever wants to join, let us know because then we'll open it up to everybody who's ready to do a one week longevity retreat and try to live like a centenarian for a week. And just take that with you. And all those lessons, you can do that every single day of your life.
1: And these I people love are it. happy. These people are happy. So it's, it's a happy retreat where you're eating and drinking and moving, right?
0: Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because I just spoke about the other retreat and now they're going to link it to the idea that we're going to be fasting and praying all day. No, 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 no. This is going to be fun. This is going to feel good. There will be a little bit of spirituality. Can't help it. We like that. And it's important. But we'll definitely have a great time. So guys, join our Facebook group, The Art of Becoming Wonder Women. And let us know what you think. And tell us if you want to join the retreat. We'll start creating the group soon. Yemvi, anything else before we go? No. no. I think I answered some of your questions, right? Your questions for fasting. I'm ready to do the fasting. If anybody's joining me, let me know because I'm doing this by myself because Yemvi already did hers. I think I'm going to commit to a 36-hour fast. This is what I'm going to do next week. I'll think maybe I'll do the matcha and coffee one this time. Ah, uh, hesitant. You I'll can let do you know.
1: It. Just <laughs> fill yourself up with the matcha and you're good.
0: <laughs> there we go. Well, thank you so much. This was fun as always. I hope everybody has a great week, and we'll be back soon with more Wonder Woman conversations.
1: Thank you, everyone. Thanks, Jessica.
0: You've been listening to The Art of Becoming Wonder Women, the podcast. Thank you for being a part of our community. If you haven't yet, join our private Facebook page and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join us next week for another Wonder Women conversation. Our podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any question you may have regarding a medical condition.